This feature, Art Sinclair, is funded by Commission Naman with a television license fee. Now, Martin Angolo is making a name for himself within the Irish comedy scene and beyond. Uh, Martin is an award-winning comic who's a regular at clubs and festivals all over Ireland and the UK and has supported some big names in the comedy world. Martin can also be seen in Last One Laughing, the Amazon Prime show where 10 of Ireland's most sought-after comedy stars are brought together to make each other laugh using every trick they can think of without themselves cracking a smile and Martin is going to be coming to Glore later this month and I'm delighted to say he's on the show now. Good morning to you, Martin. Uh, good morning, Alan. Uh, thanks very much for being with us. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. All I've revealed to the audience is uh, some of the shows you've been in, that you're from Dublin and that you're a comedian. So, tell us a bit more. <laughs> I mean, there's not much more to tell. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I just, I'm just uh, on tour at the minute. Um, the comedy, you know, stand-up has sort of taken off uh, pretty well. Uh, yeah, gigging all over the place, really. Um how did you become a comedian, Martin? Was it the usual way? Like, I mean, any any of the comedians I love, in, invariably they were inspired by another comedian. Quite often, it's Richard Pryor for some of the comedians that I I enjoy myself. But was that mm. were you the, the comedic comedic bug? Were you bitten by it by seeing someone else's stand up show? You know, I was weird in terms. Of, I wanted to be a writer, and uh, I liked writing things when I was younger. And then it was like, if you write something, if you write script, I like scripted stuff, like you know. Uh, I'm quite old school, like Monty Python, Fawlty Towers, all that sort of stuff. So it was like, if you write a script, what can you do with it? And then it was like, oh, you do stand up and you can see if your writing is funny in front of a crowd. So I I was never really a natural performer, but then it sort of took over. And I just, yeah, it snowballed to where it is now. Can you you still remember that first time you took to the stage? Because I often think, you know, like if you're a musician and you're in a band, it could be nerve-wracking enough that first time on stage, but at least you have other people up there with you. With stand-up, it's fairly naked, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to have <laughs> unbelievable levels of, self, of self-confidence and uh, yeah. getting up there for the first time when people don't know who you are, don't know if you're funny. People always go on about comedians being brave, but I'm like, I think we're the most arrogant people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be, I suppose. There's an element of that. Uh, I do remember the first gig, though, because it was years ago, it was about 10 years ago, there was a show on RTE, it was like the uh, New Comedy Awards, and they were having the finals of that I'd been watching it, and all the comedians who I'd seen on TV were on my gig because they were working out their material for the TV show. So it was quite nerve-wracking because there's all these people I'd seen as professionals. So um, and it went all right, is what I remember. The first couple of gigs went all right. Now I think it was my fourth gig was a disaster. Because, you know, you do, you do gigs anywhere. So I, I did my fourth gig in a restaurant, which is not ideal for comedy. Yeah, well, no, I, I wouldn't imagine the attention span of the diners was uh, totally focused on you. It's very hard to do your jokes while you hear someone, you know, uh, slicing, you know, a bread roll and uh, <laughs> we're tackling the world. But uh, yeah, you get over that. Well, look, you got through it anyway and boy, have you, did you get through it. You've, you've done so much in your career so far and at any stage, be it appearing on TV shows or, you know, playing fest, uh, com- comedy festivals uh, in the UK or elsewhere, and even touring with some of the big names you've toured with, Eric Andre and uh, a man who I'm a big fan of, Mark Maron, particularly his WTF podcast. Really? Are you ever at any stage thinking, God, how did this happen? Or has it all felt, has it all been very or- organic process and progress? Uh, I think I've just been lucky. Like the right people have seen me at the right time who go, oh, uh, he's good. We'll get him on with Mark Barron, or we'll get him on with yeah these people. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's no um, rhyme or reason to it. It's just like you know, yeah, pure luck. I feel very lucky. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've messed up with Mark Barron though because I didn't know him. 
Um, oh, go on, tell us. How but, that <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know his history or backstory. You know, you know, he has his, um, you know, he's a, you know, alcoholic and back yeah. in the nineties, wild. And I didn't know any of this, so I went into the green room. You know, assuming it's like any comedy show. As the green room, we're all you know friends here. And I walk in because I like a drink before the show. And I go up to his fridge, to the fridge in the green room, and it's all full of like carrot sticks and celery and hummus. And I was like, oh, where's, where's, the, where's the alcohol? And he got, the first thing he said to me was, I don't have any of that in my fridge. Like, really intense. It's like a really bad, bad start. And then um, he was going, he, had, he was spending a few days extra, I think, in Ireland. He was going to, um, I think he was going to Wexford or something with his then girlfriend. And he was like, um, uh, him and the girlfriend were like, oh, we're going to Wexford. Uh, is it, do you think that'll be nice? And I was like, I think you should have went to Galway or something. It's very scenic in Galway. And the girlfriend was like, "Can we go to Galway?" And he started arguing with her, being like, "I already booked Wexford." It was like a, it was like a Jewish sitcom, it was like Kirby and Yeah, yeah it totally <laughs> is. Oh my god, yeah. I just I can hear the the Curb theme music in the background as they're arguing. Um, well, in a way, I was going to ask you, you know, can it be nerve wracking when you get a support gig with a, a you know big names like that? But it probably helps, you know, when you're supporting Mark Maron if you don't know who he is, because you're just more relaxed then. You're a little bit more relaxed, and you know, I, well, there's a funny thing with comedians. I think, um, like, I I travel around the world a lot, like around Europe and uh, been to, around America, and weirdly with comedians, um, we have this weird because we all do do the same thing, similar thing. So you kind of do hit it off naturally. Any, any comedian at any level, um, we, we can normally get a good conversation going because we all have the same horror stories and all this sort of thing. There's probably a certain level of respect amongst comedians, is there, Martin? That like going back to the question I was asking you about, just having the you know cojones to get up there in the first place and do mm. what you do. Surely there's respect from other comedians that they know what it was like that first time and to to, to continually do it take takes nerve. Yeah, there's a bit of that, and it's like um, like sometimes you get invited to like some social event, or you might do a corporate corporate type gig where it's like I don't know a bunch of influencers or something. And if there's another comedian there, you automatically go to that person because you're like, we can talk, you know, we 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 know what we've been through, we know how hard the, the work is. But at the same time, it's like you know, you know, I can't really complain about you know. There's some hard you know gig stories and all that, but you know, we're very lucky to be able to do what we do. You keep fairly busy, you know. You you have your own podcast. You've you've written uh, for shows. Uh, you've appeared on TV shows. We'll get to last one laughing in a moment. You know, you did Clear History on uh, RT, the Deirdre Kane show. Is that a diff, very different experience from just performing a live stand-up show with the cameras on you? And it's maybe more stop-start. You know what we see in our mm-hmm. TV screens: a half-hour show could have taken hours to do with breaks and so on. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are stop start. Some of them are like like Deirdre Kane thing was a stand up show, which is great. You just do the act. I find the stand up shows much easier to do. Um, yeah, the panel shows are a bit stop start. Uh, clear history. But I, I, I'm not. I'm no longer nervous doing TV shows because it's like, oh, they can make. They just make it look good in the edit. You can do any old rubbish you like <laughs> because they can fix it. There's no pressure. Um, yeah, I remember I did one of them during the pandemic and they were like, we don't really have an audience, but we're going to fix it in in the edit so you, you won't look too bad. <laughs> Great. No that's comfort, oh. Comforting to know that, I suppose, Martin. Oh, I'd rather that every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> um. Can I ask you about coming up with 
material, I, 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 a bit maybe like a musician, you know, there's, there's only so many chords and uh, on a guitar or whatever, and you kind of maybe sometimes you feel like you've hit upon something great, and then later on yeah. you hear a song, like, oh God, I actually just, um, by osmosis, just uh, trotted out the same song. Coming up with a comedic material, trying to mm. find your own voice, your own... Uh, material that is very very different from from other comedians that doesn't hit upon the same tropes can that be difficult does that like does it does a routine for a show come to you quite naturally or is is this um is there a lot of perspiration and a lot of months that pass by before you gather enough stuff together to put a show together oh it's it's unpredictable so um i would say it's a mixture of like you know sometimes things happen to me that are just funny and you go oh, that could be a routine uh, and then sometimes something you think is funny happens, an unusual thing happens to you, and then you realise audiences don't care. So, um, and then it's like sitting down trying to write jokes, and yeah, it's a mixture of of, of bits and pieces. Um, I'm on a good run at the minute. I'm, I'm you know, new things uh, just keep popping up, and I'm always trying. I'm always trying in new lines, new 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 ideas. Um, yeah, the the big thing is to try and be different to other comedians because there are so many. Are only so many sort of joke structures, and then the, the best the best stuff tends to be the true things that happen to you. But if you can exaggerate it a little bit, um, yeah, like there's a bit in the show where you know I did a, I had an awkward interaction with Tommy Tiernan, uh, which is a true true enough story. Um, then there's um, you know completely fictional things that you know you hear stories from other people and you work it into your own life. You know, it, it's a whole mixture of, of bits and pieces. Okay, can you give um, us an idea of the, the, the Tommy Tiernan bit or is it safe for an audience at 10.30 in the morning? It's real, okay. I don't know if you like to bring it up. He got in trouble last year uh, for doing a joke about um, uh, taxi drivers, African taxi drivers, you know, at the time. And um, I say, you know, and a black woman walked out, of his cra- walked out of his show and complained, tried to get the show taken off air. <laughs> I'm sure he hates me bringing this up. And then um, I ended up gigging with him last summer. Um, and I said it was as part of his reparations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we uh, we had an awkward thing where I I'd done the, uh, I was doing a gig with him and I mentioned it on stage as a bit of a joke. I said I better because I was going over time and you get flashed if you're going over time. And I said I better finish up now because um, I don't want to make things uncomfortable. It was, it was already awkward enough meeting Tommy backstage. <laughs> I was introduced to him and he thought I was his taxi driver, you know, and uh, <laughs> he got a good laugh. And I came off stage and Tommy was at the side, been listening, because uh, he'd never seen me before. I didn't realise he'd been listening. Yeah. And he said, this is the true part of it, uh, he said, oh, that was uh, some very funny stuff. And I said, oh, you didn't mind the taxi driver stuff. And he said, what was that? I didn't hear that. And I had to repeat it again, again which was awkward. Oh. <laughs> but, but he laughed, he did laugh and it uh, took a while. Uh, good. I kind of. I, I was hoping he would, but I kind of felt he would. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having to repeat it though. After everything you've said, Tommy, has to take a while. Yeah, um, yeah. Very, very, <laughs> very true. Um, j- j- just before I finish, I want to ask you about last one laughing. Um, an mm. unusual idea for a show. Uh, what, yeah. what was that experience like? And when you know you come together with other Irish comedians, is there an element of? Um, a big element of competitiveness. Uh, you know, you want to really, you know, um, show that you're better than them or that you can hold your own with them. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, a bit of pressure now. Well, I didn't know, they didn't tell you who else was on the show. So, um, all I knew was Graham Norton was hosting it. And, um, I'll be honest, the main reason I did the whole show for Amazon and everything was to uh, try and end up on Claire FM. I thought, if I do this show, 
I'll get on the I'll get on the morning show on Clear FM. Well, do you know what, Martin? Um, you, you played the long game, and it worked out. <laughs> it worked out well for you. And I know you're very honoured to be on Morning Focus. But we're, we're kind of honoured to have you on with us too. No, I am. Thanks for having me. But no, the serious, <laughs> serious answer is, uh, yeah, you did feel a bit of competition because um, you try and have a strategy, but everyone has a strategy, so it just turns into chaos. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's um, it's a wild show. Um, there was a bit of me that I met Ashling B, who I thought, oh, she, you know, who I'd never met before. And um, an hour into the show, she starts drinking and she goes, do you, do you want a whiskey, Martin? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and we're just in a corner having a conversation. And I am I forget we're making a show. And I'm just thinking, I'm going to go to Hollywood. Ashling's going to take, we're, we're getting on very well here. Yeah. I'm going to end up in a film with Paul Rudd and Ashling B. Forgetting <laughs> that we're making a TV show. <laughs> and um, then, I, yeah, I'll be honest, I was hammered by the end. I was really, oh. But again, that's, the edit made me look very, was very generous. Um, <laughs> it could have been called last one standing. Your your legs are a bit wobbly. <laughs> that was basically it by the end. Um, but that was a great experience, and it, it, I think it was number one. I think it's been number one for a couple of weeks. Yeah, on, yeah. Uh, and the feedback's been great. I mean, I've been stopped by a lot of people. I've been stopped by a lot of people who've seen the show, and I've been stopped by a lot more people who say the show looks great, but I'm not paying for Amazon. <laughs> yeah, well, look, come on, look, it's under so many streaming services. I mean, pe- people are broke. What can we do? You know. I know, I know. <laughs> well, look, Martin, you're coming to Glor and Ennis uh, Friday, the 16th of February, as part of your nationwide tour. And uh, it took you a long time to get on Claire FM, but uh, you got on just in the nick of time ahead of your show. It's, it's highly coincidental, um, but we're delighted to have you on anyway. Uh, Martin, pleasure chatting with you and uh, looking forward to uh, having you on again. Uh, cheers for having us. Take it easy. <laughs> the great Martin Angolo there. Uh, that joke about Tommy Tiernan, fantastic. Uh, thankfully, Tommy took it well. Uh, you can check out Martin, as I say, at Glor and Ennis uh, next Friday, uh, the 16th of February from 8.30pm. You are listening to Morning Focus, 0818 to call us, 086-1800-964 is our text and WhatsApp number. This feature, Arts in Clare, is funded by Commission Naman with a television licence fee. Claire.